Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to Season 3 of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit. Leadership belongs to all of us. It's not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, every episode I always talk about connection and intersection of beliefs with people. And the gentleman that I'm going to interview today and introduce you to, we started off 2022 together in Seth Godin's creative workshop. And there were many, many people in our cohort, but like always attracts like, and he has a love for life. He has a zest for life. He has a passion for food and for people. And it was just fun to get to know him and follow him a little bit on his journey and I'm so excited to have him on the show. So I'm going to call him Chef Dama because that is how I know him as. So uh, Irfan, welcome to the show. I would love for you to unmute your line and just have a beautiful conversation today. Hello, Deb. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I've changed things up a little bit for season three. And I love the word bio, but I I now want to rename it as life story. So give our wonderful listenership that has now grown to 65 countries uh, as we start season three, share a little bit of of your bio, your life story of uh, how Chef Dama came to be. So thank you. By profession, I'm a chef. My specialty, my passion is Indian food. I was born and raised in Mumbai, India. Immigrated to Canada in, uh, at the age of 23. When I was in India, I was drawn to the Institute of Hotel Management. Hotel Management seems to call me. And while I was in the curriculum, I fell in love with cooking. There's something about something about being in the kitchen just excited me. And I just, I knew I wanted to be a chef. But that didn't exactly happen. It was recommended that I work in the front of house because I have very good customer service skills and every professor told me I'd be much better off in service. And that's the, um, that's the route I followed. I, was, I followed the restaurant route. But there are some passions that sort of never go away. And I think fate just directs you and sends you in that direction. In 2008, uh, there was a convention at the Hyatt Regency where I worked as a catering manager for Indian food, the, nobody in the kitchen knew how to cook Indian food. I stepped in to help out. The chef wanted me to lead the convention. It was 2,300 people. That was my first cooking assignment. And since then, I haven't looked back. I now specialize in food, in Indian food for corporate dining. And I also enjoy creating and explaining and teaching people how to cook Indian food. This is where I am. This is where I'm at. This is what I do. Uh, I have a small fledgling YouTube channel and I have write a blog called India Like This Only. And through that, I speak about the food of my country, the food that made me the food of my birth. That's me sort of in a nutshell. Well, and I, I love 
your passion. And I know you nurture that in different ways. So my first leadership question is you've really landed up kind of finding your footing in leadership in the culinary area. Where did your love of food come from? Where did it start? Uh, My mother and my father. My father was sort of the Guy Fieri of um, Indian food back before Guy Fieri even existed. He knew exactly which corner of Mumbai you could go to get the best kebabs, the best biryani, the best chaat, the best food. He loved street food. And because he was in sales, he used to go to different parts of the city. And he would always find these very unique food vendors. And growing up, that's that's the love for street food that he instilled in me. Everywhere, it didn't matter where, I used to go with him to work and maybe walking somewhere, he goes, oh, I know this guy, he sells really amazing kebabs and he sells really amazing chaat. And that, that, was, that was how I bonded with my father. With my mom, she is a, a fantastic cook and she just loved cooking. Growing up, we had the best food on the table, we had the nicest parties and it was just all of that put together, I just grew up in food. I come from both on my mom's side and my dad's side. We have, we're just a collection of incredible cooks. <laughs> so it's in my blood. That's all I can say. I was just going to say, it's in your DNA, right? It is. It, it's, you know, I'm, yep. I, I, I don't know. You, I'm trying to find the right term. They say, you know, you, you cut in your bleed, but um, <laughs> masala sauce would come out rather than blood. I'm not sure, but that's exactly it. It's just, it's been in the DNA and it's, it's, it's how I exist. It's all about food. Well, and one of my first impressions of you when we met early this year was you just exude that joy. And when you went to India and I was following you on your journey there and you were blogging and meeting up with friends and it truly, you you have found your footing in, in your passion and within the culinary world. And it's just fun to see you coming into your own. Now, my, you. my second question is, it has permanent residency on the show. And I've asked over 200 leaders the same question. It brings about a lot of laughter. And I always say to everybody, it's only a 30-minute show. What imperfections do you bring, Chef Dama, to your heart-centered leadership? What imperfections do I bring? Wow, that's... <laughs> I can see how it brings about a lot of laughs. <laughs> the imperfections that I bring is the basic knowledge, I suppose, that I know I'm not perfect. I'll never... I'm one of those chefs that will, it, it doesn't matter how, how much experience I have, I still feel deep inside. Something's lacking, something could be better. And I guess it leads to me never being satisfied at times, which, it just, which is kind of sad. It's like, it's, it's, I come with the approach, it's good for now. There's always something better, but it always, there, there is that, there, there is always that desire, that lack within, it's a feeling of, I could always be better. Does that answer the question? It does. And it, and it makes me think of, you know, a continued conversation I've had with many leaders on the show. Mm-hmm. I think if we don't continue to be curious and mm-hmm. want to increase our competency, it allows us an openness to become complacent. Mm -hmm. 
So I think we're all evolving human beings. And I, mm-hmm. I think if we settle, we're really doing ourselves a disservice of not wanting to grow and learn and, and get in that space of being uncomfortable. Because that's really where it grow, where we all grow is when we, you know, we step out of that comfort circle of, of being comfortable and, and search and step into the unknown. And that's usually when the magic happens or the secret sauce, as I say, in in the languages of your culinary world. That's right, the secret sauce. And that is true, the pandemic that hopefully is behind us just um, kind of instilled that. There was this, all of a sudden, um, the life of go, go, go suddenly came to a grinding halt and standstill. The, the industry that I serve is corporate dining. And with offices closing, my business and the need, my need for existence just went away. And it it, it turned things around uh, quite violently, shall I say, <laughs> to figure out a new purpose. And two years later, I'm glad that I think I have found it's still not perfect, but, it's, it, but I'm on the way to the next purpose. Well, and I think a lot of people can join you in in that sentiment, in that feeling, that emotion and what's next and, and navigating unprecedented times. So it's nice to hear from yet another leader in a different sector, because uh, I know I introduced you to David Dressler and he's got an amazing story from the culinary world as well. And I yes. think we all just had to navigate this and find our own path. And I think a lot of good has come out of it. And speaking of that, it's a nice segue into my third question. Okay. You landed up uh, being asked to do a contract in the midst of all of this chaos globally. And I'd love for you to share a great outcome of COVID and what had happened to you. Well, so this was um, towards I, after I got back from India, offices were still closed in the Bay Area, still considering a uh, sort of a hybrid work from home model and some offices are coming back to work. Uh, and I got a call from an old client who, an old, uh, an old client, an old friend who the, um, the company was, uh, the company is Walmart and it was to set up an Indian station at the Walmart employee dining um, and therefore they were for employee dining at Walmart. It was sort of um, a last minute, usually contracts like this are sent out, the ideas are sent out months in advance, and then you sit and prepare. And I had two weeks, <laughs> like, we need you, do something. And that was it, was, it was rushing together to put something together for this employee dining program. And, and even and in spite of the scurrying in the last minute, it we came up with something that both both companies are very, very proud of, an Indian station that focuses not just on good quality, authentic, tasty Indian food, but a focus on healthfulness in the food choices that we make. There were two dishes that I added to the, um, to the mix that I really enjoyed. One of them is uh, a khichdi, and khichdi is Indian comfort food. But I used it as a as an excuse to get whole grains into your body. Khichdi is usually made with rice and lentils, but I swapped out the rice for whole grains. So I use pearl barley and wheat farro, and use two kinds of lentils. So there's this protein whole grain mix that uh, the um, the cost that the, the the people can avail of, and. Usually Indian food is always associated with very heavy, saucy 
rich and spicy dishes. And a lot of the main features, the masalas, the main sauces, these were following the traditional method. But to balance that, I introduced a vegetable of the day, tarkari, as we call it. And it's just simply steamed vegetables that's tossed together with a little bit of ghee and spices so that it just complements the rest of the meal without taking away, but giving the um, giving the eater an opportunity to get good whole veg, good fresh seasonal vegetables into their body. And so uh, keeping a focus on fresh local produce and whole grains, it is an option that I felt most proud of offering, that there's healthfulness as well as good taste as part of the mix. And I think the win-win was that you were only given two weeks, so you didn't have time to overthink it, second-guess yourself. You had to go right into action mode because you were executing in 14 days. Yep. And and how long have you been doing it now and how has it been received? Uh, it's now uh, it's now launched. Uh, it's set up, and now it's running on. It's it's now being run by the employees who uh, I have trained, and it's going along well. I I take a lot of pride in um, in writing my recipes, but the recipes that are written in, I, I do it with the viewpoint of taking away any form of guesswork. Everything should be a step, and everything should be a process that is. Each the collection of steps starts to a process, and the collection of these processes ends up in the recipe. And so it takes a lot of time to write a recipe once it is uh, approved. But walking away from that experience, the cooks that pick up the paper could pick, pick it up for the first time if they know how to read a recipe, if they know how to measure out and weigh and spec out their ingredients. There's a very slim chance that we fail unless something catastrophic happens. That's how I like to approach my food when I train. It's very personal. I love that. And it's it, there's lots of heart-centeredness in there. Okay, my last leadership question is, if you could look at your life story and think mm -hmm. back from being a young boy, uh, a son, an entrepreneur, to where you are now, what is your recipe for life? The recipe for life... Now knowing what I do as a chef, always start off with a vision. Whether you're cooking or you're looking at your next career venture or your next life move, it starts with a vision. You'll often hear this in kitchens when a chef, when oh, I'm working with another chef and I have to cook a dish, the, the first question is, okay, what's your vision for this dish, chef? And the vision is usually... Once you have the vision set out, I want to have the meat at this stage of doneness. I want to have the vegetables out that day. I want the sauce to be pouring consistency, not runny. I want the colors to be green. That's the vision. That's how you execute. So is life. This is my vision. This is where I want. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do as a passion, not necessarily how much I own or what are the things I have, but what are the things that I am doing? That is that is a vision. It starts with that and then you work towards it. And very often, like in the kitchen, there will be disasters. There will be failures. There will be mistakes. Power goes out, gas runs out. Something will burn, something will fall over, something will spill. And these are just knocks and bumps in life. It's what you do with it and how you, how you walk away from that mistake. I cannot stress this enough. Prepare for the mistakes because they are going to happen. It's inevitable. And finally, whatever the end result is in life, I would say 
be happy and be proud of how it turned out. It again may not be exactly what you started off, but it may be something completely different. And the end result might be something even better than what you had imagined. Because some of the things that I'm experiencing now in life, I don't think I could have imagined it when I started off as a young kid. So that's the recipe for life. Start with the vision, stick with the plan and switch around when um, disaster happens and make the best of it. Well, it makes me think of all the imperfections and some of the greatest recipes that happened because of the imperfections, right? Mm -hmm. Before I switched to my Fab Four, I thought it was appropriate. I've shared this numerous times over the years with clients and colleagues and on my social media. And I have a recipe on how to live and be heart-centered. You take two heaping cups of patience, Mm -hmm. one heart full of love, and two handfuls of generosity. You add a dash of laughter and a full cup of understanding and two cups of loyalty. Mix well and sprinkle generously with kindness. Spread this irresistible delicacy over a lifetime and serve everybody you meet. I want that on an apron. <laughs> I will I will send you my graphic for that, but I, I had to bring that in. I'm going to switch to my Fab Four. I'm going to ask you four rapid-firing questions Do not think, just give us what's on the top of that brilliant mind of yours. First question, if I asked your friends and family to describe you in one word, what would that word be? Crazy. Share your favorite book that changed your life, the author and title. Kitchen Confidential, Anthony Bourdain. I'm granting you a wish to have dinner with either a living leader or a leader who has passed. Who are you having dinner with and what is the dinner conversation? Vladimir Zelensky and nothing but awe and respect for how he has inspired a nation. And before I ask you my fourth one, I just want to say it's it's been a joy to connect with you. I'm I'm loving uh, building our relationship and watching your journey, and I'm looking forward to seeing where you go. So we will definitely keep in touch. And I'm always going to call you Chef Dama because that's who Thank you are. You. That's who you Thank are. You. So finish the show by our last question within the Fab Four, finish this sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is? Leading because you really care. Leading by love. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and learned some new tools for your leadership from our amazing Heart-Centered guest. And if you like the show, we would welcome a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And we would love to have any comments or feedback at any time. And if you want some more heart-centered goodness, head over to our daily blog, masteringtheheart.com.